Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The Trey Young of this broadcast, Neil Coolong. Yeah, I think Trey Young could get snaps in this offense. Well, he probably exactly where it's not like they they don't have positions for him. <laughs> they can find a way to get him on the field. I'm sure. Based on what I've seen from their skill position guys and all the way through, there there's six available spots for him. All right. Um, well, maybe not where Pat is, but everywhere else. Um, I will give Mike McDaniel all the credit in the world. He did everything he could to give the Steelers a chance to win. It was really kind of a, a tale of two games for him, wasn't it? I mean, I, I, I saw those first two drives and immediately thought that this guy's yeah. going to win multiple Super Bowls. I mean, they were flawless. It, 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 to be fair, um, it, it's not as if Tua was throwing with pinpoint accuracy. He threw a couple balls that, that needed to be caught that weren't, but uh, he threw behind on a couple. It wasn't perfect in, in that sense, but they were unstoppable. Moving up and down the field, it was like, wow, this is this is the best team in the NFL. I mean, they look better than Buffalo did right away. I mean, Buffalo, you know, took advantage of, of mistakes, but Pittsburgh, uh, they're out there playing. I'm not sure they know uh, what zone calls they're making. I'm not sure exactly if they're aware of, of the depth that they're dropping, but these guys are wide open, and they're getting hit uh, without Damn. any pressure at all. And then it just went away. And from there, Tua – turned into the quarterback that his naysayers say that he is. So it, to me, it, it was a really interesting uh, paradox between what McDaniel is is uh, scheming up, how they're drawing it up, and then from there, what they're doing with it. Because Tua all of a sudden looked far rustier mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as the game went on. As, as soon as, as like, soon the way around? as soon as the script was exhausted, he looked rustier, and so so did his play caller. Yeah, it's, it's a weird phenomenon. I've, I've talked to a coach about this before, really kind of believes in this. It, when you look over the play-by-play, you can see when the script ends. Yes, no And that's doubt. exactly what happened with Miami. I mean, it was that's just right. all of a sudden the bottom fell out. They even made a comment. When I, uh, Mike Tarico said something in the podcast like, um, Pittsburgh seems to have figured out what they're doing defensively. The receivers aren't wide open anymore. Right. It's like, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty observant. I mean, it, it's it, Pittsburgh obviously adjusted. They they figured out yeah um, a bit more what they needed to do. But Miami was not nearly as effective um, in their final what eight possessions as they were in the first two, and they were deadly on the first two. It was very impressive performance from them. Mm-hmm. You can see what they're capable of doing, but Pittsburgh. Uh, they they took you know a few shots on the chin early and fought it the rest of the way. They just don't have the ability to throw a haymaker themselves, or at the very least, it doesn't seem like they're willing to. And now their yeah. their receivers are calling them out for not doing it. It's not just the fans calling out Matt Canada anymore. Right. Uh, the players seem to be you know getting more and more bold each week. So I I don't know how this turns out. It, it's a uh, it, it's potentially pretty messy, and I'm not sure how the, the I, I'm not sure how they fix a whole lot of it uh, moving forward. But they've got their hands tied um, it, from here on out the rest of the year. I mean, they're they're a, they're bordering on historic territory for Pittsburgh for as bad as the start as this has been, and it doesn't seem like there's any relief coming. I'm not yeah. sure what else they're going to be able to do. The last interception, Kenny Pickett literally got baited into that. I mean, the safety just baited him, and 
he took the bait and he threw it and he he jumped it and he picked it off. Uh, so, uh, but that happens. Uh, it's interesting. I know he plays with gloves all the time, you know, in part because he needs to grip the ball. But I'm not so sure why he's wearing the gloves in the rain. Those things don't work in the rain. No, gloves are are what they're allowed. I guess I can't say this because I haven't uh, seen the specifications today. But recently, they've made changes uh, with gloves and and what what the material can be. And that material isn't benefited when it's wet the way that it used to be. It used to be when it was when they got wet, they were basically glue. Um, it's different now. And while I would agree he got baited into that, um, it, the, the gloves seem more of an issue on the, the first of the two picks that he threw. Um, it, it, he doesn't have the arm to make that throw, glove or not, and it wobbled quite a bit. He had a lane to throw that. He should have been able to deliver a much better pass than he did. But, if, you know, we've talked about this a bunch, and I know that it gets to a point where it seems like teams and evaluators all they talk about is arm strength arm strength arm strength on a play like that you can see why it's valuable because that's a big boy throw i mean that that was a good 25 28 yards uh, on and out and it needed to be in a a pretty tight window um I, i feel like the look was there i feel like he had a receiver there in a pretty competitive space it just needed to get there twice as quickly as it did and i i think anyway and i am somebody one of the few people that you know, wasn't quick to criticize everyone that was yelling about uh, Kenny Pickett's hand size. Mm-hmm. It, it is a factor. I'm not saying it's a huge one, but right. it, it, if you if you're able to get half of if you're able to get your hand halfway around the ball, you're going to have more control over it, especially when it's wet. You're going to be able to hang on to it when easier when you're getting hit, and you can develop more surface area on the ball to release off your hand, which is what makes it spin and what makes it go. So. There is an advantage to that. It, how big of a disadvantage it is, is, I think, a different question. But on that play, when you really need to, to you know, step back, drive, and rip that out, uh, you, it, it helps to have a, a bigger paw. And he doesn't, and he probably shouldn't have thrown that at all. And we saw right there why he's a, a top 20 pick and not a top 5 pick. Yeah. Things like that. He doesn't have the arm strength, the velocity, to cut through uh, the rain and get a ball on a dime like that uh, over a large distance. And it is a factor. He shouldn't have thrown it. He let, let two interceptions that he threw. The first one was more yeah. on Claypool, another story, but the, the last two were bad decisions and bad throws. So it, it's frustrating. At this point with, with Pickett, you don't know how to evaluate it because it's like the big moments that he has, they're all bad right now. He's got a lot of, of – basically, it's like he hits all underneath stuff, but the bigger stuff in terms of moments are going the other way. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't be leading the league in interceptions. He's only played half the game that he was able to play. So there, there's clearly a problem there. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't look good for him. But the perspective to take is based on where he is in his last game as the heaviest and what he's done – the previous game and, and whether or not we're seeing the same mistakes over and over again, we can't say this is the guy for years to come, or this is not the guy for years to come. We, we don't have enough to, to really make that determination right now, but uh, Pickett spoiled what I thought was a fairly decent game um, up till that point with two pretty bad decisions uh, late in the game when they needed him to be at his best. 
um, Mike Tomlin covered for him. I felt in, in the press conference saying that you know that the whichever cliche he used that he didn't go with the stadium lights one like he normally does, but he's there for the moment. These are the big moments for him. Um, I, I felt he, he blew it when he had it. it, it the opportunity was there for him. Um, last interception, I, I don't know how he didn't see the guy that was there. I think you're right. He probably got baited into he did. to trying to make that throw. But if yeah. he saw the guy and saw him open, he saw the 15 yards of room oh, in yeah. front of him. Sure. He really, you know, and he was going to. That was the thing, too. He changed his mind at the last second. You can tell he's, he's about to tuck the ball and run. And if he does, he's getting minimum, minimum eight yards in a first down. And they're, they've got a couple shots at the end zone mm-hmm. uh, if he does do that. But he, he, you know, really he played hero ball and he's just not, he's not at the point that he can do that consistently. All right. Eagles this week. Um, to their credit, um, on both sides of the ball, they're playing at a pretty high level. What do you think about the matchup? Um, really not a good one for Pittsburgh. Um, Philadelphia is is a team that has built itself to be what we are seeing right now, a, a very wisely constructed roster um, and, and a philosophical game plan. What, what they're trying to do is kind of give you the cliche of making you left-handed, whatever it is that you do. They, they're balanced enough to be able to do that, especially on offense. If you're really good at one thing on offense, they can do something that you're not. Whatever it is that you're not good at, they're going to find, and they're able to exploit that. That's the value of having um, a, a, a deep roster that has guys that get paid, of course, but <laughs> not to a point. They don't need to get A.J. Brown the ball 12, 13 times a game. Mm-hmm. They can make him effective on six targets if they need to. They have multiple running backs. Um, Miles Sanders, who's, who's destroyed them in the past, right. uh, he's capable of doing a lot on 12, 13 carries, touches. Uh, Jalen Hurts can throw um, in, in, in an intelligent scheme, which is what they have. He's got a bevy of receivers he can go to, and he can make plays outside of the pocket on his own. It's hard to prepare for them because they're, they're solid, at least, at everything. And they're not a team that's going to light up the scoreboard, but they have a defense that can counter anything that you're doing as well. So you need to get up to the 27-point range uh, to beat them consistently. We're seeing that to this point this year. And Pittsburgh can't do that. So, it, it, you know, just in personnel alone, their roster is just considerably better than the Steelers are. They're, they're right now uh, it's certainly a better schemed team on offense and defense. Um, it, it's, it's tough. You know, I thought if, if Pittsburgh – my initial thought over the four-game stretch that they had, my initial thought was if they had a chance of winning a game, it was going to be at Miami just because who knows what you're going to get with Miami, the new coach. Uh, at that point, you know, Tua was hurt. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is not a quarterback that's beating right. everybody in the league very often. Right. It, 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 Miami looked like the team that they would beat, but it kind of seemed like they flipped with what I thought Tampa Bay would be. Tampa Bay had a terrible game. looks like their, their season's kind of out of control right now, but – Philadelphia has maintained um, their their level of dominance, and plus they're coming off a bye and playing at home. That, yeah. That's not the kind of opponent that Pittsburgh can beat right now. Uh, best record in the league no. for a reason. I I don't like Pittsburgh's chances in this. Um, it, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to get bad, uh, just because Philadelphia is not the kind of team that's going to put up 51 points on you. And, and as uh, Chris Collinsworth said a couple times, I think it, it's a really fair point. 
it's really hard to kill the Steelers in a game. You got to play four quarters because they're not going away. You can take a beating like they took on those first two drives. They had 136 yards, I think it was, on, on the first two drives of that game, and somehow they held on uh, to, to for a goal line stand to force the field goal. It was ten nothing. It should have been fourteen if you just looked at the amount of big plays that the Dolphins had on offense. Pittsburgh does that. They're able to, to fight and keep it relatively close to give them a shot uh, at the end of the game. I, I don't think that'll happen here. I think Philadelphia is the team that uh, they can jump out early on script as well, and they'll, they'll keep it there, unlike Miami. Always a pleasure, sir, even talking about... I feel like I'm watching Gage and DeSoto on emergency. All right. Uh, but thank you, as always, my friend. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys.